Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Wonderful Arsenio ZSL Podcast, man. I am so excited about this one, man. I'm finally diving into the TOEFL listening techniques for all of you. We're going to be breaking down all of these questions. I'm hoping to put this out probably every Friday over the next, man, I, I guess you could say month, six weeks, eight weeks. It really just all depends. But, you know, I did this for my TOEFL membership students because now that I have Annettis from Puerto Rico... Waidali from Puerto Rico, uh, Dominican Republic, lots of different individuals and lots of people who um, have come on to my, you know, my, you know, my membership. Some of them are at different levels. And I think sometimes after, you know, I break some of these questions down, they're a little bit confused. And I'm like, okay, well, let me just make it a little bit more, you know, just clarify it a little bit. So now I decided to just come up with a full lesson. Again, this specific video is 26 minutes. If you want the full video, you can come on to my membership. Uh, If you want to watch, obviously, the video on... um, what is it on YouTube to see exactly what I'm talking about? Fantastic. Um, but yeah, yeah. Again, man, there are lots of great little things that I'm going to be putting out for a lot of you out there. And so, um, again, I just wanted to cut this up into a snippet because I realized that this might be of great service for a lot of you. And let's get into this. This is going to be very fascinating. So without further ado, let's dive in. That entire, you know, that entire one hour or two hours it's kind of like on a scale seven to 10. So that's why I'm like, you know what? Let me do a little bit better, right? And so here I am today giving you this. So here we go. What we're gonna do first, okay, is I'm going to explain to you exactly how this works. So basically, obviously, like I had already said, the attitude question focuses on the intention and the attitude of the speaker towards the details, right? And so, this deals a lot about conclusions or this deals a lot about the hidden intent and it's very important for you to understand the question as well as other three other techniques that i'm going to be giving you right and so again these could be especially tricky at the time but this is why it's very important to focus on the context clues in terms of the negative or positive language in which is being said the tonality of the professor right this is the same thing in regards to what I've done with the TOEFL ITP listening uh, with a lot of my students over the past few years. And again, if you hear their tone, you can say, okay, is he happy or sad? Is he doubtful? Is he skeptical? Is he this? Is he that? That's what we're going to be focusing on. So obviously, if you're on the membership, you'll be able to click on that audio. Okay. But obviously, I'm going to be pulling up this audio for us in this nice little rendition. Okay. If you're watching the video. So what I'm going to hurry up and do is just throw that over here. And what I'm going to do is take notes and then I'm going to walk you through the techniques and compare my notes with the techniques. Yeah. So with that being said, I do believe that I hope again, I'm going to hurry up and make sure that I actually had already shared the sound. Of course I did. Sometimes I just do not trust it. And so here we go. Let's get into this. This is going to be rocks and death Valley. And again, very grateful that I got myself a beautiful MacBook Pro uh, because it makes my life just so much easier in terms of putting everything all over the place. That's probably why you're looking at my video and you're like, whoa, that video is clear as hell. It's because I got myself a MacBook after five years. <laughs> I got myself another MacBook after five years. So in saying that, the question is, the professor briefly discusses the experiments about the wind speed required to move rocks in the desert. Now, what is the professor's attitude towards these experiments? A, 
their findings were inconclusive. B, the experiments were not conducted carefully. C, the length of the experiments was not sufficient to draw any conclusions. And D, the experiments should not have been allowed by the government. Now, a lot of you are like, oh, we're supposed to take notes and then do it. No, I'm trying to, uh, you know, focus on you understanding the context. It's not so much about the note taking and whatnot. It's more about do you understand what is being said? And let me break everything down. Now, in the next audio, sure, I'm going, we're going to do some practicing. We'll look at the question. We'll be able to break some stuff down. But in this first question, which is about the huge rocks in Death Valley and the wind and everything, we're go I'm reading out the question. I'm going to take notes, and then we're going to break everything down, okay? All right, people. So here we go. Let's dive into this. This is a crucial point. Next week, we're going to start something a bit different than what we've been doing for the last several weeks. Perhaps you're already familiar with the mysterious phenomenon moving rocks. These huge rocks, some of which weigh 100 pounds, sit on the floor of a desert in California called Death Valley, which is surrounded by mountains. And the rocks move around the desert floor, which is evidenced by the trails like tracks that are left in the sand behind them as they move. No one has ever seen it happen, so there isn't a solid explanation regarding how they move across the floor of the dry lake bed. While there are several theories, we know for sure that humans are not moving them as there are no footprints, tire tracks, nor is any heavy equipment being used to move them. So how are they moving? Well, the first theory is wind. The majority of rocks are moving in the same direction as the dominant wind pattern, southwest to northeast. So some researchers theorize that it could be super strong windstorms that are moving the rocks from one place to another. However, they all move in different patterns, like in straight lines, zigzags, and big circles. So what could be causing this? Okay, another theory is that it's the wind and rain combined. The desert floor is clay, and it's dry, but sometimes it rains and the clay becomes very slippery. This makes it difficult to walk on, let alone stand on. It's in these wet, slippery conditions that some scientists think that the rocks can be pushed across the desert floor. But there's a major flaw with this theory. You see, in an attempt to test this theory and to determine the force of wind required to actually move the rocks in these conditions, a group of scientists flooded a piece of the desert floor. To their amazement, they discovered that winds of at least 500 miles per hour are needed to move even the smallest of the rocks. Winds of this force have never been recorded on this planet, so that settled it. All right. There is one other possibility, ice. Let me explain. Picture this. The desert gets so cold at night that it is possible that the ground could become covered in a thin sheet of ice. So the idea is that the rocks would also become covered in ice, and then the wind could then push them across the icy ground. But the question is, can the wind really move ice with rocks in it? Not only that, but theoretically, some rocks would become frozen in the same chunk of ice and be moved together. But it appears that the rocks that have moved have all ended up on their own having taken separate routes. Okay, so here we go. Let's break this down, okay? Now, obviously, we're talking about rocks moving, wind speeds, okay? How are they moving? So, not a solid explanation. There are several theories, right? 
So again, the first theory is obviously uh, humans aren't moving them. It's the wind that's moving. And it's because they're moving in the same direction as a dominant pattern. Super strong windstorms. However, all move in different patterns. So it can't necessarily be wind. And then he goes on to beckon the next question. So what can be causing this? Another theory. Wind and rain combined. The rain can make it slippery. Wet, slippery conditions could push them across the desert floor. However, there's a major flaw with that theory. A group of scientists flooded the desert floor, and they realized that at 500 miles per hour, that's the only chance that wind would be able to move rocks on the ground. Okay, And that's even the smallest rocks, not these ginormous massive 100 pound behemoths okay and then he presented the last possibility ice okay perhaps the desert could get so cold at night that the ground could be covered in a thin sheet of ice so rock but however rocks would have to be covered in that same ice too and then the wind could push them across but can wind really move it so some rocks will become frozen in the same chunk of ice like i already said appears that rocks moved have been uh, what is it the rocks that have been moved they end up taking separate rock uh routes in general so there you go that's your breakdown right and so again looking at this what is the professor's attitude toward you know in regards to these experiments their findings were inconclusive the experiments were not conducted carefully the length of the experiments was not sufficient to draw any conclusions and the experiments should not have been allowed by the government well let's break all this down first okay now First, you got to describe the intention and motivation like I had already said. So you got to read the question carefully. And the reason, like I said this very briefly at the beginning, the reason why this is so basic but yet so important is because some people will get it wrong because they're focusing on a completely different intention rather than the intention that is at hand. I'll show you that in the next two recordings, right? And so, again, looking at this, you know, is it a scientific, you know, topic? You know, obviously it's important to listen to the professor's description and conclusion of the facts, right? Because we're looking at the conclusion of the facts, nothing more, nothing less, right? And so take key notes on that point. And what I wanted to point out real quickly, which I uh, had written down, I said the professor refers to the lack of a definite conclusion as he emphasized the word theory without concrete evidence before given three examples of theories okay now number two you would have to consider the speaker's attitude okay now throughout the audio you hear a lot of different language that is being stated now obviously if you're you're if you're listening to me for whatever reason if i provide you guys a little snippet on my podcast you guys could be looking at what i had written down on my website right if you actually go on to the video or if you're watching this on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. However, if you're watching the full video, because obviously you're on my membership, congratulations. I wrote down here in the bold area, okay, right here. It's now highlighted purple. You need to take note of the key words related to the feelings, okay? Like I said, the negative and the positive language. For example, the professor says there isn't a solid explanation, okay? Regarding how they move across the floor of the dry lake bread, or I'm sorry, dry, not bread, but bed. So this statement is already suggesting that he is doubtful. He has a negative feeling. He, this is not believable for him. Okay. Now, also, what was it? I had written down here 
that there was a major flaw, okay? And I wrote it down in the little purple area that I've just highlighted on the screen. In relation to the theory of wind and rain, he mentions, quote-unquote, but there's a major flaw with this theory, okay? Now, 